Ladies and gentlemen, the following segment of the podcast is presented exclusively by Hillsdale College. Now, in its 175th year, Hillsdale is a truly independent institution where learning is prized and intellectual enthusiasm is valued. Thank you for listening and my sincere appreciation to Hillsdale for their sponsorship. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, those of you who follow my social media sites, Mark Levin Show Facebook, Mark Levin Show Twitter, you'll know that early this morning, it may even have been last night, but I think it was early this morning, I linked to a piece in the Real Clear Investigations website. And um, I hadn't seen it last night during the course of the program by Paul Sperry, who is a terrific reporter. And he really locks down who this so-called whistleblower is. And this name has been bouncing around. But, you know, I have an obligation to make sure these things are vetted a bit before I use them. And the gentleman who's mentioned in this piece, if it's not him, then he's free to come on the program and explain himself. Or to explain that it's not him. That said... When I post these things on my social sites, I'm doing it for the millions of people on Facebook and Twitter, combined over 3 million, who follow these sites. There are many ways to communicate with you. As I'm the cleanup hitter, I'm, on the la- I'm one of the last ones who are up, Eastern Time, 6 p.m. But I wanted to talk about it today with you. Because it's, a, uh, it's really a crucial piece of evidence And you may recall the moment that this so-called whistleblower's existence was known by the media and reported the existence of the whistleblower, nothing more. I said on Fox and Friends, we need to know everything there is to know about this whistleblower, everything. And you had court jesters like Stephen Colbert and people like him. I know they're real names. Mock it. It's okay. It's fun. But it was always crucial. And the effort by the Democrats, the use of the whistleblower statute, and the failure of the media to show any curiosity in the identity of this so-called whistleblower was the great tip-off, wasn't it? That's exactly why I said we need to know everything there is to know about this so-called whistleblower. And thanks to Paul Sperry, over at Real Clear Investigations, we know a lot more. And yet media outlets still refuse to identify the individual. I've never seen anything like it, have you? Yet you can go on the internet, there there he is. You can go to Real Clear Investigations, there he is. I believe the Washington Examiner cited the piece too, a number of websites have it. So it's not a national secret. It's not classified. 
And Paul Sperry writes as follows. For a town that leaks like a sieve, Washington has done an astonishingly effective job keeping from the American public the name of the anonymous whistleblower who triggered impeachment proceedings against President Trump, even though his identity is an open secret inside the Beltway. Eric Caramella, maybe I'm mispronouncing it, C-A-R-A-M-E-L-L-A, as a class of 2004 Connecticut prep student, he later moved on to Yale and the White House. Now he could be at the center of an impeachment storm. More than two months after the official filed his complaint, again, this is, if true, I... I assume it is. It's here. Pretty much all that's known publicly about him is that he is a CIA analyst who at one point was detailed to the White House and now back working at the CIA. But the name of a government official fitting that description has been raised privately in impeachment depositions, according to officials with direct knowledge of the proceedings, as well as in at least one open hearing held by a House committee not involved in the impeachment inquiry. Fearing their anonymous witness could be exposed, Democrats this week blocked Republicans from asking more questions about him and intend to redact his name from all deposition transcripts. Real Clear Investigations is disclosing the name because of the public's interest in learning details of an effort to remove a sitting president from office. Further, the official status as a whistleblower is complicated by his being a hearsay reporter of accusations against the president, one who has, quote, some indicia of an arguable political bias in favor of a rival political candidate, as the Intelligence Community Inspector General circumspectly and originally filed his complaint. Federal documents reveal that the 33-year-old is a registered Democrat held over from the Obama administration, previously worked with former Vice President Joe Biden, and former CIA director John Brennan, a vocal critic of Trump who helped initiate the Russia collusion investigation of the Trump campaign during the 2016 election. Furthermore, Caramella left his National Security Council posting in the White House West Wing in mid-2017 amid concerns about negative leaks to the media. He has since returned to CIA headquarters in Langley, Virginia, writes Paul Sperry. He was accused of working against Trump and leaking against Trump, said a former NSC official speaking on condition of anonymity to discuss intelligence matters. Also, Camarella huddled for guidance with the staff of House Intelligence Committee Chairman Adam Schiff, including former colleagues, also held over from the Obama era, whom Schiff's office had recently recruited from the NSC. Schiff is the lead prosecutor in the impeachment inquiry. And Caramella worked with the DNC, the Democrat National Committee operative, uh, who uh, dumped dirt on the Trump campaign during the 2016 election, inviting her into the White House for meetings, former White House colleagues said. The operative, Alexandra Kalupa. Now, Alexandra Kalupa is in the Politico piece from January 2017 as one of the individuals who had a very active role in Ukraine's involvement in the 2016 election. The operative, Alexandra Kalupa, a Ukrainian-American who supported Hillary Clinton, led an effort to link the Republican campaign to the Russian government. Quote, he knows her, he had her in the White House, said one former co-worker who requested anonymity to discuss the sensitive matter. 
The DNC opposition researcher attended at least one White House meeting with Caramella in November 2015. She visited the White House with a number of Ukrainian officials about aid for Ukraine. With Camarella's name long under wraps, interest in the intelligent analyst is so high that a handful of former colleagues have compiled a roughly 40-page research dossier on him. A classified version of the document is circulating on Capitol Hill, and briefings have been conducted based on it. One briefed Republican has been planning to unmask the whistleblower in a speech on the House floor. On the internet, meanwhile, Camarello's name for weeks has been bandied about on Twitter, feeds, and intelligence blogs as the suspected person who blew the whistle on the president. The mainstream media also aware of his name. Everyone knows who he is. CNN knows. The Washington Post knows. The New York Times knows. Congress knows. The White House knows. Even the president knows who he is, said Fred Flights, a former CIA analyst and national security advisor to Trump who has fielded dozens of calls from the media. Yet a rare hush has swept across the Potomac. The usually gossiping nation's capital remains uncharacteristically and curiously mum. Especially considering the magnitude of this story, only the fourth presidential impeachment inquiry in American history. Trump supporters blame the conspiracy of silence on a corrupt and biased media trying to protect the whistleblower from justified scrutiny of his political motives. They also complain Democrats have falsely claimed that exposing his identity would violate whistleblower protections, even though the relevant statute provides limited, not blanket, anonymity and doesn't cover press disclosures. His Democrat attorneys, meanwhile, have warned that outing him would put him and his family at risk of harm, although government security personnel have been assigned to protect him. They're hiding him, Flights asserted. They're hiding him because of his political bias. A CIA officer specializing in Russia and Ukraine. Caramella was detailed over to the National Security Council from the agency in the summer 2015, working under Susan Rice, President Obama's national security advisor. He also worked closely with the former vice president. Federal records show that Biden's office invited Camarella to an October 2016 state luncheon. The vice president hosted for Italian Prime Minister Matteo Renzi. Other invited guests included Brennan as well as then-FBI Director James Comey and then-National Intelligence Director James Clapper. Several U.S. officials told Real Clear Investigations that the invitation that was extended to Camarella, relatively low-level GS-13 federal employee, was unusual and signaled he was politically connected inside the Obama White House. <clears throat> Former White House officials said Camarella worked on Ukrainian policy issues for Biden in 2015 and 2016 when the vice president was President Obama's point man for Ukraine. A Yale graduate, he's said to speak Russian and Ukrainian as well as Arabic. He's been assigned to the NSC by Brennan. He was held over into the Trump administration and headed the Ukraine desk at the NSC, eventually transitioning into the West Wing until June 2017. He was moved out to the front office to temporarily fill a vacancy, said a former White House official, where he saw everything and read everything. Again, I'm reading this from Real Clear Investigations, Paul Sperry Investigation, a reporter. The official added that it soon became clear among NSA staff that Camarella opposed the new Republican president's foreign policies. 
Quote, my recollection of Eric is that he was very smart and very passionate, particularly about Ukraine and Russia. That was his thing, Ukraine, he said. He didn't exactly hide his passion with respect to what he thought was the right thing to do with Ukraine and Russia. And his views were at odds with the president's policies. So I wouldn't be surprised if he was the whistleblower, the official said. Again, I don't know. I have no firsthand knowledge here. I'm just reading the piece to you, and you can draw your own conclusions. Of course, Mr. Camarella, the attorneys for the whistleblower, whomever, are welcome to come forward and speak on this program. We want to give everybody equal time. Or correct the record, for that matter. In May 2017, Camarella went outside his chain of command, quote-unquote, according to a former NSC co-worker, to send a learning, a message alerting another agency that Trump happened to hold a meeting with Russian diplomats in the Oval Office the day after firing Comey, who led the Ru- Trump-Russia investigation. The email also noted that Russian President Vladimir Putin had phoned the president a week earlier. Contents of the email appear to have ended up in the media, which reported Trump boasted to the Russian officials about firing Comey, whom he allegedly called crazy, a real nut job. In effect, Camarella helped generate the Putin-fired Comey narrative, according to the research dossier making the rounds in Congress, a copy of which was obtained by Real Clear Investigations. He, ar- he allegedly argued that President Putin suggested Trump fire Comey, the report said. In the days after Comey's firing, this presidential action was used to further political and media calls for the stand-up of the special counsel to investigate Russia collusion. Of course, Mueller in the end found none. <clears throat> Camarella left the Trump White House soon after Mueller was appointed. Now, attempts to reach Camarella were unsuccessful, although his father said in a phone interview from Hartford, where he is a bank executive, that he doubted his son was the whistleblower. He didn't have the kind of access to that kind of information, Tony Camarella said. Just a guy going to work every day. The whistleblower's lawyers did not answer emails and phone calls seeking comment. CIA spokesman Luis Rosella declined comment, saying anything on the whistleblower we are referring to ODNI, the Office of Director of National Intel, which did not respond to requests for comments. I'll continue with this after the break. We'll be right back. Since its founding in 1844, Hillsdale College has provided students with sound learning of the kind essential to preserving our civil and religious liberty. Now, I want to tell you about Imprimus, the free monthly speech digest of Hillsdale College. Imprimus is dedicated to educating citizens and promoting civil and religious liberty by covering important cultural, economic, political, and educational issues. First published in 1972, Imprimus is one of America's most widely read publications in support of liberty. With more subscribers, 3.9 million, than the Wall Street Journal and the New York Times, and recent Imprimus publications have addressed issues like free speech, the regulation of big tech, mental illness, and the American medical insurance system. And because America's founding principles are so important, Hillsdale offers Imprimus absolutely free of charge to anyone who requests it. That's right. You can subscribe to Imprimus for free. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to visit imprimus.hillsdale.edu for your free subscription. That's Imprimus, I-M-P-R-I-M-I-S dot Hillsdale dot E-D-U. Welcome to Hillsdale. Just reading 
from Real Clear Investigations reporter Paul Sperry. If this is inaccurate, I would ask Eric Camarella to come forward. Uh, the so-called whistleblower's lawyers to come forward. I am more than happy to give them time on the air with me uh, to make their case, their denials, to correct information. Certainly not my goal to smear anybody. But if these are the facts, then these are the facts. Let us continue. In his complaint, The so-called whistleblower charged the president used the power of his office to solicit interference from a foreign country in the 2020 U.S. election. Specifically, he cited a controversial July 25 phone call from the White House residence in which Trump asked Ukraine's new president to help investigate the origins of the Russia collusion investigation the Obama administration initiated against his campaign, citing reports that a lot of it started with Ukraine, where the former pro-Hillary Clinton regime in Kiev worked with Obama diplomats and Chalupa, to try and sabotage Trump's run for president. Later, Trump also requested information about Biden and his son, since Biden went around bragging that he had fired the chief Ukrainian prosecutor at the time of the Ukrainian oligarch, who gave Biden's son's lucrative seat on the board of his energy conglomerate, was under investigation for corruption. The so-called whistleblower filed his urgent report against Trump with the IC Inspector General on August 12th, but was not publicly released until September 26. Prior to filing, he had met with Schiff's Democratic staffer guidance, quote-unquote. At first, the California lawmaker denied the context, but later admitted that his office did in fact meet with the whistleblower early on. Earlier this year, Schiff recruited two of Caramella's closest allies at the National Security Council, both of whom were also Obama holdovers, to join his committee staff. He hired one, Sean Misko, M-I-S-K-O, in August, the same month the so-called whistleblower complaint was filed. During closed-door depositions taken in the impeachment inquiry, Misko has been observed handing notes to the lead counsel for the impeachment inquiry, Daniel Goldman as he asked questions of Trump administration witnesses, officials with direct knowledge at the proceedings told Real Clear Investigations. Republicans participating in the restricted inquiry hearings have been asking witnesses about Camarella and repeatedly interjecting his name into the deposition record, angering Schiff and Democrats, whose sources say are planning to scrub the references to Camarella from any transcripts of the hearings they may agree to release. The reaction tells you something, said one official familiar with the inquiry. I will finish this piece for you after the bottom of the hour in just a few minutes, so stick with us. You hear me talk about Hillsdale College a lot, about its rigorous classical liberal arts curriculum, about its exceptionally bright and patriotic students. 175 years ago... Hillsdale College was founded with a mission defined by four enduring purposes, learning, character, faith, and freedom. While many institutions have lost their way, Hillsdale College maintains an unwavering commitment to learning, character, faith, and freedom. I've also talked about the great Dr. Larry Arne, the president of Hillsdale College. It's one of the finest Americans I've ever known. And he explains that these four purposes, learning, character, faith, and freedom, remain inseparable in the activity of education at Hillsdale College. He says, learning is difficult and takes more than talent. It takes hard work, which requires character. 
Freedom is essential for learning, but it is fragile and constantly under threat, so its principles must be studied by all for the sake of its defense. At Hillsdale, faith and learning are integrated toward God because he is the first authority. Folks, if you've ever wondered why I love Hillsdale College, now you know. Visit hillsdale.edu. That's hillsdale.edu for more information. Hillsdale College, pursuing truth and defending liberty since 1844. Remember, that's hillsdale.edu, hillsdale.edu. Mark Levin, a proud fanatic for the Constitution. Call him now at 877-381-3811. So let us continue. This, of course, is available publicly. But many of you are in the car. Many of you haven't had time to pull it up. It's out there. Then I want to talk about how the media are treating this or not. Sources said... Caramella's name was invoked by GOP committee members during the closed-door testimony of former National Security Official Fiona Hill on October 14. Caramella worked with Hill, another Obama holdover, in the West Wing. During Tuesday's deposition of NSC official Alexander Vindman, Democrats shut down a lot of inquiry by Republicans because they said it risked revealing the identity of the whistleblower. Republicans wanted to know with whom Vindman spoke within the administration about his concerns regarding Trump's call to Ukraine. But Schiff instructed the witness not to answer the questions, sparked a shouting match between Democrats and Republicans. Determined to keep the identity secret, Schiff recently announced it may not be necessary for him to testify, even in closed session. Now, Republicans argue that by hiding his identity, the public cannot assess his motives for striking out against the president. And they worry his political bias could color inquiry testimony and findings unless it's exposed. Jim Jordan asserted the American people have the right to know the person who was trying to bring down the president for whom 63 million voted. Now, you know, that's been my position for five or six weeks now. In an open house natural resources committee hearing last week, Representative Louis Gohmert seemingly out of left field, asked a witness about Eric Caramella, the Obama National Security Council, and what the Washington press court took as a bid to out the whistleblower. He later told a Dallas radio station he knew the whistleblower's name. A lot of us in Washington know who it is. I think he's a very staunch de- <coughs> excuse me, Democrat, who was supposed to be a point person on Ukraine during the time when Ukraine was its most corrupt. And he didn't blow any whistles on their corruption. Now, the Washington Post ran a piece over the weekend critical of Republicans for allegedly trying to unmask, quote-unquote, the whistleblower for attempting to do the job journalists would normally do. And then the paper ran a piece claiming it was no longer relevant to the inquiry and beseeching the public to let their clients slip back into the obscurity. That is, with the lawyers claimed he's no relevant, no longer relevant, or the Democrats, rather. For its part, the New York Times ran a piece last month reporting details about the whistleblower's background but stopped short of fully identifying him, suggesting it didn't know his politics or even his name. On Thursday, Democrats plan a House vote on impeachment, and you know how that went. I'm under no obligation to keep a public piece on a reputable 
news website, secret. But apparently that's not the way it works with the, with the rest of the media. Now we have a right to know the identity of the whistleblower, the identity of sta- the staffer from whom he received guidance. We also have the right to know Lieutenant Colonel Vindman, the New York Times reported he provided advice to the Ukrainian government on how to deal with the commander-in-chief. He's on the National Security Council. And they said mostly in English. Which means sometimes not in English. I guess Ukrainian sometimes. Now look, ladies and gentlemen, that's Vindman on the National Security Council. It's this whistleblower on the National Security Council. Two holdovers who went on the shift staff who are on the National Security Council. Now you know why it's been so difficult for this White House to get security clearances for its own people to get on the National Security Council. And how is it that the President's discussion with the Russians leaked? And the President's discussions with the Prime Minister of Australia leaked? How is that possible, right folks? It's a cabal. The Republicans in the House are doing a hell of a job. They're in the minority, but they must keep fighting to get the information. They must keep fighting to get to the bottom of this. They're not going to get help from a single newsroom in this country on any cable channel, on any network channel. They're not going to get help from any major newspaper in this country. They're not even going to get help from some of our friends who have websites who now have become the David Brock of the Internet. The David Brock of the Internet. There's a little circle now. The National Security Council. Lieutenant Colonel Vindman. Not allowed to question him. Not allowed to criticize him. Not allowed to do anything. The whistleblower. Not allowed to know his name. Not allowed to know his identity. The Bidens. Not allowed to investigate them. Not allowed to get involved in it. So the so-called whistleblower can't touch. Lieutenant Colonel Vimman can't touch. The Bidens can't touch. But you can smear the hell out of the President of the United States. All you want. This Stalin-esque procedure, and I want to congratulate Mr. Scalise for using my phrase, but that's all right. This Stalin-style procedure is put in place not only to try and take down the president, but to try to cover up the cabal. To try and cover up the cabal. That's what's taking place here. And I want to reiterate what? The third or fourth time. The third or fourth time. If this piece about Charamella is incorrect then I would encourage him to come on this program. If it's incorrect, I encourage him to come on the program where we'll have an absolutely fair opportunity to speak. If the lawyers for the so-called whistleblower feel that something's amiss in this regard, that this is not their client, I would encourage them to come on this program rather than squirrel around my back and talk to liberal websites and outlets. More than happy to talk to them too. Now we were already told 
that this guy was a registered Democrat, that he had worked for the vice president, that he'd been a CIA operative, and that Ukraine and Russia were his uh, focal points. We were already told. You know, the great thing about real litigation as opposed to what's going on on the, the House side right now with the Democrats, if you're sued, listen carefully, Mr. Call Screener, Mr. Producer. You actually have the right to defend yourself. You know what that means? You get to question the plaintiff. You get to depose the plaintiff. You get the plaintiff's records, phone records, text records, email records. You get to delve into who, to whom they've spoken, with whom they've met. Some days I just wish I were sued, Mr. Producer. You understand my point? Some days I just wish. Because it provides an opportunity to get information you would not otherwise get. Under rules and procedures, a process, I would tell these so-called journalists, that help get to the truth. A process that helps you get to the truth. The process in place that they voted on today in the House has no intention of getting to the truth. That's not the purpose. But once again, as this report sets forth, it's the Obama administration trying to take out the president. The Obama FBI. The Obama CIA. The Obama holdovers at the National Security Council. While the Obamas aren't asked anything. Nothing whatsoever. You know how Democrats going on show after show lying about what they voted on today. I have what was in place in 1998 against Clinton. I have now what's in place against Trump. They have nothing in common. There's a few words about the president's counsel. That rules will be created. That they don't provide the rules. In the resolution that was passed in 1998, they stated what the rules were. They were quite extensive. And they declared that the president's counsel can cross-examine witnesses and so forth. The fact that the Democrats have basically said you will not be able to determine who the whistleblower is and we don't want the person as a witness anymore. That they will not identify the staffer on Schiff's committee to whom the whistleblower got guidance. The fact that the New York Times dropped a sentence but nobody's following up on it that the Lieutenant Colonel Vindman, who was, on the, who was on the National Security Council, spoke to the Ukrainian government. These are all red flags, ladies and gentlemen. This process is being manipulated. The outcome is known in advance. When a process is being manipulated and the outcome is known in advance, it's called corrupt. It is a corrupt process. 
It's not intended to gather facts or get to the truth. I'll be right back. Lovin. Liberty and learning. In a healthy democracy, these two things are mutually supportive. In America today, however, that bond is broken. To help repair the breach, Hillsdale College has launched the Van Andel Graduate School of Government in the nation's capital. And unlike other graduate programs, Hillsdale teaches politics as a human activity oriented toward justice. A series of choices, guided in the best case by right principles, but made in ever-changing circumstances that require prudence to achieve the best attainable results. Hillsdale's curriculum combines the careful reading of primary sources and serious historical inquiry. Students learn how to apply the principles of free government and advance the cause of constitutionalism in the context of ever-changing circumstances. Hillsdale's new Van Andel School of Government is a program unlike any other in Washington, D.C., Hillsdale College, pursuing truth and defending liberty since 1844. Learn more at levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. Let me make a suggestion, ladies and gentlemen. Now, uh, I will not be on the air tomorrow. So if you hear the backbenchers state it, you'll know how they listen so carefully to the program. The so-called whistleblower, who was at the NSC starting in 2015, means he was at the NSC during the course of the 2016 campaign. Mr. Schiff is not the only investigation in town. My strong suggestion would be that he's questioned by U.S. Attorney Durham's investigators, criminal investigators, to determine what, if anything, he knows about the 2016 Ukrainian interference in the campaign on behalf of Hillary Clinton, as well as the Russia collusion investigation, to determine if there were any leaks or anything of the sort that took place. I'm not making any allegations. I'm simply saying that in order to have a comprehensive review, a comprehensiveness, I think it makes a lot of sense. I don't believe this individual came forward because he is courageous. I believe he came forward because he wants to take out the President of the United States. That's why. And the reason he went through the whistleblower route is because the guidance he received by Schiff's people, and perhaps his lawyers, but anyway, the guidance he received, or maybe he thought it up himself, he figured that this would protect him. And of course the media are trying to protect him, which would be a red flag. So we'll discuss this further. So this is my view. The so-called whistleblower should be questioned as part of the U.S. Attorney Durham's investigation into what happened in 2016 regarding Ukraine, among other things. Regarding Ukraine, among other things. And I want to remind you that it was an article in Politico that stated that the Ukrainian government was trying to sabotage the Trump campaign. 
And one of the individuals mentioned in the Politico piece is also mentioned in the Sperry piece of yesterday at Real Clear Investigations. A Ukrainian-American who was a Hillary Clinton supporter. Her name, Alexandra Chalupa. You can, do, you can Google it. A DNC opposition researcher. She was invited to the White House by, they say, this so-called whistleblower. There's a great opportunity here to once and for all expose what the hell took place in 2016. And they're now trying to continue this into the 2020 election. Look where they've taken us. Special counsel, two and a half year criminal investigation, tens of millions of dollars. Now they're pulling it into the 2020 election. They're trying to undo the 2016 election and trying to effect the 2020 election. Essentially, essentially, with the same techniques. Alexandra Chalupa, I know these names, but you can remember a few. DNC opposition research, invited to the White House. Why was she invited to the White House, if this article is correct, by an official at the NSC? Chiaramella. Why? These NSC officials, these holdovers, but this does explain. It just does explain why the Trump White House almost uniquely has had such difficulty getting clearances for their own people in the Security Council. And why, prior to his passing, Elijah Cummings was so obsessed with it. What kind of security clearances are you getting over there? I always thought that was weird. I always thought that was weird. That they were having trouble getting, uh, the White House was, security clearances... Which allowed a lot of these Obama holdovers. And uh, Congress was very focused on it. And I think now we know why, at least in part, don't we? Now we know why, at least in part. I sit here almost dumbfounded about how the media have not only failed to report these matters... And have no interest in these matters. But on the, on the other end, they're promoting the fiction. They're helping the Democrats do what they're doing. They've been doing this from the beginning. It is so corrupt. I'll be right back. From the Westwood One Podcast Network. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811-877-381-3811. As we do our little research here during the break, we go back to the 
Washington Examiner piece by Kerry Pickett. Adam Schiff has two aides who worked with whistleblower at White House. House Intelligence Committee Chairman Adam Schiff recruited two former National Security Council aides who worked along the CIA whistleblower at the NSC during the Obama and Trump administration, the Washington Examiner has learned. Abigail Grace, who worked at the NSC until 2018, was hired in February, while Sean Misko, an NSC aide until 2017, joined Schiff's staff in August, the same month the whistleblower submitted his complaint. Career CIA analyst and so forth, these are things you know. But so that was reported earlier. But it later emerged that a member of Schiff's staff had spoken to the whistleblower before his complaint was submitted. The Washington Post concluded. Uh, the, uh, let's see, not the Washington, yeah, the Washington Post concluded. Grace, 36, was hired to help Schiff's committee investigate the Trump White House. That month, Trump accused Schiff of stealing people who work at White House. Grace worked the NSC from 2016 to 2018 in U.S.-China relations and then briefly at the Center for a New American Security Think Tank, which was founded by two former senior Obama administration officials. A Schiff aide commented in February, we have hired staff for a variety of positions, including the committee's oversight work and its investigation. Misko, 37, worked in the Obama administration as a member of the Secretary of State's policy planning staff under Deputy Chief of Staff Jack Sullivan, who became Hillary Clinton's top foreign policy official during her 2016 presidential campaign. In 2015, Misko was the director for the Gulf states at the NSC, remaining there into the Trump administration's first year. A source familiar with Grace's work at the NSC told the Washington Examiner Abby Grace had access to executive privilege information and she has a duty not to disclose that information and she's not authorized to reveal that information. The same source said that Misko had not been trusted by Trump appointees. They said there were a few times, again from the news article, where documents had been signed off for final editing before they go to the National Security Advisor for signature, and he actually went in and made changes after those changes were already finished. So he basically tried to insert without his boss's approval, they say. There were meetings in which he protested very heavily, and the next thing you know, there's an article in the paper about the contents of that meeting. Misko often clashed with other NSC personnel at the meetings. Another source said both Grace and Misko were close to Lieutenant General H.R. McMaster, Trump's national security advisor from February 2017 to May 2018. Misko's name surfaced in the Hillary Clinton email controversy when he worked in the State Department during the Obama administration, and so forth. The Intelligence Committee did not respond to any of the Requests from Kerry Pickett of the Washington Examiner. This is from October 11, 2019. This is uh, less than three weeks ago. Now, what about the substance? What about the substance? The president asks Ukraine, the president of Ukraine, to assist us with the 2016 election. No problem. President of the United States... 
says they might want to look into Hunter Biden and Joe Biden. There's public information out there that Joe Biden interfered with the firing of the prosecutor in Ukraine that was investigating. And we're told, well, that's interfering with an election. Joe Biden is not the nominee, may never be the nominee, but surely that cannot be the basis for failing to investigate somebody. That is, if somebody decides to run for office or should even be a nominee for office. That's absurd. What about withholding military assistance? Senator Ron Johnson has said, and he would know, as he was in one of the main meetings in May, the president raised two issues. That Ukraine was corrupt, that they blew money before that we sent there, and that the Europeans, especially the Germans, should be stepping up and doing more to assist the Ukrainians. He said neither in the May meeting was anything brought up about investigations, nor in a uh, phone call he had with the President of the United States, even though there'd be nothing wrong with that, in my opinion. Nothing. Nothing whatsoever. Now, Doug Collins today, he, uh, he had a great idea, I thought, in a presser after the vote on the floor of the House. I want you to listen to this. He has an idea, and I think it's a good idea. Cut 15, Mr. Producer, go. I tell you what, when he gets to the Judiciary Committee, I do have one thing for Mr. Schiff. If he wants to be, as said, a special counsel, he set himself up, then here's my challenge to Mr. Schiff. You want to be Ken Starr? Be Ken Starr. Come to the Judiciary Committee, be the first witness, and take every question asked of you. Starting with your own involvement with the whistleblower. Folks, this ain't over. Get ready. The cloud that is dropping will be dropping on their heads because process matters and substance will always win out in the end. And this president has nothing to worry about on substance. Could not agree more. Excellent points. I could not agree more. And further, on the floor of the House today, the ranking Republican, the ranking member on the Judiciary Committee said this. Cut one, go. This House is developing and shredding procedures every day. And if members of the minority or the majority cannot have the rights that they are given, then we're in a sad situation. And in fact, the haste to put this together, they didn't even exempt, as was done in Clinton and Nixon, the Rule 11 2 they didn't even exempt it out. Even in those two impeachments, it was known that maybe we don't let every member come see this while this is going on. We didn't even exempt it during this time. We were so hurried to impeach this president, we don't really give a darn about the rules. But here's my biggest concern. As ranking member of the Judiciary Committee, I have a question. We've been here 200 plus years as a committee, and our committee has been neutered. Our committee who handles impeachment, we're the reason in that committee, that's our jurisdiction. We have been completely sidelined. Our chairman and others have been sidelined, so I have been sidelined. It is so bad that they had to have the rules committee write the presidential due process and give it to us. This is not right. Mm-hmm. You see, the reason they're using the House Intelligence Committee is to keep it all secret. And Liz Cheney brought up a great point today. While the House Intelligence Committee is handling all this, who's handling intelligence? The national security-related matters. Nobody. Nobody. 
Tom Cole, who is a fairly liberal Republican, by the way, he's the ranking member on the House Rules Committee. And he was none too happy with what was taking place. Cut to go. Today's resolution sets forth a process for impeaching the President of the United States. It's not a fair process. It's not an open process. It's not a transparent process. But instead, it's limited and a closed process with a preordained outcome. Impeachment of the president is one of the most consequential acts that the House of Representatives uh, can do. And it should only be done after the fullest consideration. And yet, over the last month, without a vote and with only the speakers say so, committees have been engaged in a closed impeachment inquiry on what amounts to nothing more than a partisan fishing expedition. And notice they don't talk much about Tom Cole again, who's a fairly liberal or certainly uh, centrist Republican. Not considered a bomb thrower. And then the White House, their spokesman, Stephanie Grisham, had this to say today. Cut three, go. Look, for two weeks now that Congress has been in session, the the Dems have been stomping their feet and plugging their ears and crying and screaming the word impeachment like in children. And for the last two weeks, the president has been working. He's been speaking with foreign leaders. He traveled to another state and got a bipartisan award on all of his work with criminal justice reform. He did an, uh, he did an event where he honored um, law enforcement officers. Mm-hmm. He, as I said, authorized and killed the founder and leader of ISIS. This president will continue to work. He is a tough president, but he's getting results for the American people. And, you know, there's polls out today that show people are frustrated and disappointed with all of the impeachment farce that's happening. We know that in the White House. We're going to keep working. We have, he, we've done nothing wrong. The president's done nothing wrong. And that's, that's the end of the statement there. And the president has done nothing wrong. Treason, bribery, high crimes and misdemeanors. There's no treason. There's no bribery. There's no high crimes. There's no misdemeanors. And they're bringing in a conga line of witnesses who have policy disputes with the president and disagree with him. Including Obama holdovers. Including Obama holdovers. And they're following two tracks here, which I want to discuss with you when we return. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. In today's digital age, where cyber threats loom larger than ever, safeguarding your personal information is paramount. So why is Congress considering a law that could put your credit card data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? This Durbin Marshall credit card bill could jeopardize your financial data, make it more susceptible to cyber intrusions. It's a controversial bill that proposes a shift in billions of dollars worth of consumer transactions to payment networks that lack the robust security measures consumers rely on. Who could possibly want that? Well, the answer, woke corporate megastores seeking to inflate their multi-billion dollar profit margins. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill will undermine our safe and convenient payment systems and endanger your data security. It's time to take a stand. Visit electronicpaymentscoalition.org. Make your voice heard. Tell your senators to oppose the radical Durbin Marshall credit card bill paid for by the Electronic Payments Coalition. Schiff is a key fact witness in this investigation, ladies and gentlemen. He hired the two Obama holdover 
NFC staffers? His staffer, which one we don't know, met with the so-called whistleblower and gave him guidance. Well, what exactly occurred? And here's a point that nobody's raising. Schiff is protecting his staff, the so-called whistleblower, and the 2016 efforts by the then-corrupt Ukrainian regime to sabotage the Trump campaign on behalf of the Hillary campaign. And uh, you have him acting as the, uh, the judge, the jury, and the prosecutor in this case. Schiff may actually be one of the individuals who has conducted himself in an inappropriate manner. You know, that phone call was classified. That phone call was classified. And that means the information in that phone call and that transcript was classified, ladies and gentlemen. We have a right to know with whom the so-called whistleblower shared it. We have a right to know with whom Mr. Schiff's staff shared it. We have a right to know whether Mr. Schiff himself shared any of the information before the president declassified it. We have an absolute right to know. And so this is another issue that merits examination. All right, Mr. Producer, you say we have some good callers here. Who do we have? Give me, give me uh, do we have a naysayer uh, or not? Aaron in California, Sirius Satellite. Go ahead, please. Hey, Mark, how's it going? All right. She just got my power on after six days out here. <clears throat> well, welcome to liberal land. Go ahead, sir. All right, so the way I see it, and hopefully your legal mind can help, help us through this, this potential, this whistleblower, can he not potentially be obstructing justice into two investigations going on? One with the DNC and Ukraine helping, you know, try to tarnish Trump, and then the other investigation into Biden's quid pro quo. I don't, I don't know if you could say that he's obstructing justice under the legal elements that are required for obstruction of justice. But even before we get to that, don't we need to know what this individual knows and what their conduct has been? Don't yeah, we? And, I, and, 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 and this classified information thing is very, very important. The call was classified. Who had it and who circulated the information that's in it? That means the information's in it. It's quite, you don't have to have exact quotes by the way. True. And so I I would like to know if anybody violated, I guess it would be the Espionage Act. Well, let me ask you this, because the lady who is potentially implicated in the Ukraine DNC scandal is is someone he's communicating with on a regular basis, so he can potentially be involved in that whole scandal. Uh, That's what I'm trying to say. I said that uh, Mr. Dorham seems to me as part of his criminal investigation should be interviewing the so-called whistleblower. And he doesn't have to take a no from Mr. Schiff. He can subpoena the whistleblower, whose name's out there all over the Internet, 
and go ahead and pursue him. At least the pursue questioning of the individual. That's what I'm recommending here. Well, let me ask you one more thing. Do you, do you know anything about Adam Schiff's biggest donor being a Ukrainian arms dealer out of Pasadena? No, I don't, I don't know anything about that. All right, my friend, I appreciate it. I've got an, there's enough piece, pieces on the table here, don't you think, Mr. Producer? I don't know about Ukrainian arm dealers. Uh, let's see. How about Sam, Dallas, Texas, the great WBAP? Go right ahead, please. Shalom, Mark. How are you? All right. Good. Thank you. Toda. Yeah. Hey, Mark. Mm-hmm. Somehow, in my gut feeling, behind this all chaos that was premeditated by Obama that he created while he was in the office, and because he hated this country, he he's a hater and he's a manipulator. So now his uh, all the his players are just popping up uh, in the shapes of uh, Schiff and Pelosi, nasty Pelosi. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, so, uh, so I mean, that uh, just breaks my heart. And, and I just want to uh, adore you because of, of that you are taking a stand to fight this, this injustice, and, the, uh, and you are standing in front of the enemy of the state. I mean, this is so ironic for me. I moved here mm-hmm. uh, 20 years ago legally, mm-hmm. and I served this country. Uh, I, do, I would not say the name of the department. Well, thank you. And I, I love this country, and, uh, and I know the, the, the way they are handling it is like a third-world country. Even, and they are making a mockery of our country. It's just... Uh, I don't want to use the bad word because, uh, yeah, I'm a minister, but mm-hmm. uh, I just sometimes I want to scream out those words because this is insanity. Like, if, where are these uh, people? Uh, what what their mind is? Where their mind is? Like, why they do not be just be loyal to this country, regardless of your look, look, party. In these in these the, the these regimes and these parties that, that embrace progressivism and their more aggressive forms of uh, other isms, uh, the party comes first because the party is the change agent. The, the target is the country. The target is society. The target is the people. But the change agent is the party. And that is the mechanism through which they grab power and they fundamentally transform. Thank you, Sam. I really appreciate it. We'll be right back. is the nation's town hall meeting and you can join in at 877-381-3811 so the espionage act who shared what with whom don't we need to know that the whistleblower that call was classified who shared its contents with whom verbally or in writing or summarized them before uh before the president declassified it. Isn't that something we need to know? It is, after all, supposedly the Intelligence Committee, right? Espionage Act violation. We'd like to know these things. 
wonder if we're ever going to get to the bottom of it. Well, I'm going to keep pressing the case regardless, ladies and gentlemen, because we need to get to the bottom of this. Badly. It's enforced compliance season. If you owe the IRS, you need to take action because the IRS can garnish your paycheck, seize your bank account, and put a lien on your home. Don't wait until it's too late. Call Optima Tax Relief while you still have options. They resolved over a billion dollars in tax debt for folks just like you. And Optima steps between you and the IRS, fighting on your behalf to help stop the demand letters and aggressive collection actions so you can get back to your life. No one is more skilled at solving tough IRS problems than Optima Tax Relief. Call now. Ask about the Fresh Start Initiative, one of the biggest breaks the IRS has ever offered. If you qualify, you could save thousands. You deserve a fresh start. Call Optima now for your free consultation, 800-499-6300. I will be on Hannity tonight on the Fox News Channel, 9.30 p.m. Eastern, 6.30 p.m. Pacific. I think this is the first time I've mentioned it. But again... I will be on Hannity tonight on the Fox News Channel. I hope you'll watch it. 9.30 p.m. Eastern. And 9.30, 6.30 p.m. Pacific. And uh, I think it'll be very, very important. So I hope you'll be there with us as usual. We always appreciate it. Whoever knowingly and willfully communicates, furnishes, transmits, or otherwise makes available to an unauthorized person or publishes or uses in any matter prejudicial to the safety or interests of the United States or for the benefit of any foreign government, to the detriment of the United States, any classified information concerning the nature, preparation, or use of any code, cipher, or cryptographic system, concerning the design, construction, use, maintenance, repair, any advice, a device, apparatus, or appliance used or prepared or planned to use by the United States, concerning the communication, intelligence activities of the United States or any foreign government, that seems to me the president, Obtained by the processes of communication intelligence from the communications of any foreign government, knowing the same to have been obtained by such process, shall be fined under the title or imprisoned not more than 10 years. So, did anyone violate? Did anybody violate the, uh, the Espionage Act? I mean, it seems to me this information about the president's phone call and dealings was pretty widely circulated prior to the time when the president declassified it. Now, this is supposed to be the Intelligence Committee. It doesn't sound very intelligent, this Intelligence Committee, does it? No, it doesn't. And again, let's get to the substance. Process is substance, by the way. Process is substance. I say that over and over again. A quid pro quo, they say. So in other words, we're not allowed to tell foreign governments that if you want money, you must do X. You know, we tell American citizens this all the time. If you want food stamps, you must do this. If you want a tax deduction, you must do this. If you want to drive on our streets, you must do this. All kinds of process demands. Is that a quid pro quo? That's a stupid phrase to be used in this context, quid pro quo. If a foreign government wants our money, then we have certain policies we want to pursue. Getting to the bottom of what happened in 2016, 
as respects Ukraine, you would seem would be an important issue, like the appointment of Mueller, they said, right? Being an important issue for the left. So what's the problem? There is no problem. What about Biden's son? Is Biden's son running for election? No. So how's that interfering with an election? It's not. Is Biden the nominee of the other party? Well, he wants to be, but he's not. But Mark, you can still interfere with that election. Folks, if somebody chooses to run for office, a former vice president, or whatever it is, a former bus driver, and they seek to run for election, that's not a ticket for immunity from investigation. That's not a ticket. I mean, there's a lot of issues that can be raised here. If, in fact, Hunter Biden is a crook, then his father can be blackmailed as President of the United States. There are national security considerations. So there are things that are important. Or his father's decisions respecting policy. American policy toward Ukraine could be affected. So it's important to know exactly what took place when it comes to the Bidens. A man wants to be our president. And the President of the United States, he didn't put his hand on the, uh, on the scale of uh, justice, pushing it one way or another. He asked them to look into it. It was Biden who did that by demanding the firing of the general prosecutor of another government. So when it comes to the substance, nothing illegal, nothing untoward, Nothing wrong. Well, you can't ask a foreign government to investigate an American citizen. We do it all the time. With drug dealers and uh, embezzlers and so forth, ask the FBI. We ask foreign governments to help us all the time to investigate an American citizen. All the time. And... uh, Notice nobody is investigating them. Isn't that interesting? It's exactly what they wanted. Mike, Glendora, California, 870 The Answer, The Great KRLA. Go. The Great KRLA. Mark, I was going to go see the movie Terminator tonight, but you know what I'm going to do instead? At 6.30 p.m. PST, Pacific Time, I'm going to be watching Hannity so I can see you. Thank you, sir. I appreciate that. Two two quick points. Uh, The Democrats are making a big deal about these transcripts coming out and how much uh, it's going to sway the American people. But I think that the Republicans need to make the point that, of course, transcripts without rebuttal is going to make anybody sway any which way they want. Now, to add to that point, uh, I think the Republicans need an image of what happens when you don't have a rebuttal. And and this is a bad example, I'm sure, but O.J., you know, was was, uh, acquitted because he had a defense. If there had been no Johnny Cochran and no, you know, dream team, do we think O.J. would have been convicted? Um, all, of the, all of the evidence pointed in one way. Um, and so that's, that's the imagery, I think, is what we – they need to come up with a good image in order to show what happens when you don't have a rebuttal. All right. By the way, sir, Ukraine got their military aid, didn't they? Uh, yes, they did. The Bidens are not under investigation, are they? No. But one last thing. So I just wanted to make the point that if the president wanted to force the Ukraine to investigate the Bidens in exchange for $400 million in military aid, I think he could have accomplished that, don't you? I do. Hey, one last thing about Biden. What if he wins, and is is somebody going to investigate him after after the 
after he wins? No. I, I think not. Nope. So, you know, if it's not done now, it's never going to be done, especially by the media, you know, a, a media-loving Democratic. You're quite right. Uh, you're quite okay. right. All right, my friend. I hope I don't disappoint. I know I won't. So I'm glad you're going to watch tonight on uh, Hannity, 6.30 p.m. PST. Thank you, my friend. Let's continue. Great caller. Great caller. Lou, Piscataway, New Jersey, the great WABC. Go. Hi, Mark. Two things about party. George Washington, in his farewell address, said, beware of party. Mm-hmm. And that explains why the Republicans seem to falter. Democrats are party first, and Republicans are America first. <laughs> some of them are America first. Some of them are themselves first. But George Washington did say, beware of party. I understand that, and understand there wasn't really a party structure when he ran for president. I mean, he was, he was the man. He got every electoral college vote, which will never happen again. But then when he bequeathed the country to the rest of us, he said, be careful. Party first is a danger. I understand, and thank you for your call. Let us continue. Bob, Minneapolis, Minnesota, XM Satellite, trucker, how are you, sir? I am doing great, Mark. Uh, thanks for taking my call. You got it. Uh, I've, I've been listening to you since uh, you got started back in the 90s. Wow. So. Thank you. <laughs> um, well, Tr- President Trump has been under investigation since he even announced uh, his candidacy. Oh, yeah. So I, I, I don't know what the big deal is with the Democrats uh, worrying about Biden. but uh, yeah, You know, that's a great point, isn't it? Yeah. Trump's been investigated by special counsel, by the Southern District of New York, by multiple committees of Congress. But don't ever, and by the way, they claim they weren't interfering with the election. They're not interfering with his presidency. Of course, they're not interfering with the 2020 election. It's a great point. But there's Joe Biden. Can't look into Biden, whatever you do. All right. Um, I was was wondering. And by uh, the way, didn't Biden say Trump should be impeached? Uh, yes, he did. Well, isn't he interfering with the election? Uh, that would be interfering with the election. Seems to me. Yes. Uh, with this impeachment, in when when they impeach or when they vote to impeach President Trump, which, which I'm sure they, they will. will. Yep. Uh, then it goes to the Senate. Correct. And, and now is. Can the Senate have another hearing in the Senate? Well, yeah, they can. The problem with all this is that the president, who is an innocent man, is on defense. The, uh, the Democrats own the media, and the media own the Democrats, so they will constantly spin headlines against him when he's trying to focus on the Democrat agenda, which is radically leftist, and trying to appeal to as many Americans as he can to vote for him. So this is all about really taking up the space with impeachment, putting the scarlet letter of I on his forehead so they can talk about running against an impeached president, making allegations against him. This is really a, a, and and, uh, Scalise is right, and I was right before him, which is this really is a Soviet-style process. It's heavily manipulated, and the outcome is already known. Yes, it is. The outcome is already known. I was hoping that maybe the the Senate could uh, do a... Well, the Senate uh, could, but they're they're not going to. McConnell's talking about it might take six weeks. 
You've got a number of them over there starting to cave. I want to look at all the facts, they say, which is so idiotic. Uh, What facts? Look at what you see so far. They're not even giving you all the facts. Uh, The process is so poisonous that uh, facts are almost beside the point, quite frankly. And, of course, we have the document. We have the uh, phone call. Now there's some uh, news host on one of the cable channels that says, it's not just the call. There was an entire campaign here. So what? If there was, who gives a damn? Well, what, what does that have to do with anything? Nothing. And go, it goes back to the point. President of the United States, as you point out, has been investigated repeatedly, criminally, by congressional committee after congressional committee. And, but you can't Joe Biden because that might be his opponent. Meanwhile, Joe Biden can encourage his party to impeach the president as if that's not interfering with the election. All right, my friend, thank you for your call. We'll be right back. Mark Levin. You know, on the campaign trail, President Trump promised to negotiate, that is, renegotiate NAFTA, to better deliver for American workers, businesses, and consumers, and he kept that promise. The U.S.-Mexico-Canada Trade Agreement, USMCA, negotiated by the Trump administration, will replace NAFTA. When NAFTA was signed 26 years ago, no one could have predicted the explosion of innovation and cutting-edge advancements in medicine, agriculture, and technology. That's why the deal needed updating. President Trump's new trade agreement puts in place strong protections for American innovators and their intellectual property, responsible for the medical innovations we take for granted. But Nancy Pelosi and the Democrats want to rewrite the deal and strip out its intellectual property rights. But without strong protection of U.S. intellectual property rights and the billions and billions of dollars that go into these investments, foreign freeloaders will continue to take advantage of our innovation by our companies, by our employees. And the investments needed to create needed treatments for chronic and deadly diseases will be at risk. Protecting intellectual property protects the jobs of Americans who are working to create a better health future, and it protects the incentives to innovate and take risks. Republicans should stand firm and make sure this free trade deal keeps America's interests at the forefront. Get the facts. Go to TrueHealthCareFacts.com, TrueHealthCareFacts.com. That's TrueHealthCareFacts.com. Now, one of the ironies of all this This is House Rules Committee. And I briefly touched on this last night, but my buddy Joel Pollack at Breitbart points it out as well. Alcee Hastings is a Democrat congressman from the southern tip of Florida. Alcee Hastings was a federal judge. A federal judge who was impeached and removed from office. As Pollack points out, Hastings was removed for bribery, one of the causes enumerated in the Constitution's Impeachment Clause, Article 2, Section 4. As the New York Times stated in 1989, in a solemn two-hour proceeding, the Senate today removed Federal District Judge Alcee Hastings from the bench by convicting him of eight impeachment articles, including one charging that he had conspired to obtain a $150,000 bribe. Judge Hastings sat silently facing the senators as Robert C. Byrd of West Virginia called out on the first article, Senators, how say you? Is the respondent guilty or not guilty? 
The vote was 69 to 26, providing five votes more than the two-thirds of those present that were needed to convict. The first article accused the judge of conspiracy. Conviction on any single article was enough to remove the judge from office, and he left shortly after the vote. Now, Democrats who control the majority on the House Rules Committee rejected all 17 amendments proposed by the Republican minority yesterday. And in one telling exchange, Hastings argued that due process rights did not apply to the president during impeachment, which he likened to the grand jury stage of a criminal trial. Representative Debbie Lesko, Republican Arizona, countered that grand jury proceedings are meant to be secret, yet Democrats keep leaking bits of testimony to the media. Look, the Democrats, I already said, the outcome is known. Now they're just trying to... uh, to position themselves, to make it look like something it's not. They've already accused the president of crimes. They've already accused the president of selling out the country. They've already accused the president of being Hitler and Stalin and Mussolini and all the rest of it. And then they say this is a very somber day. Well, guess what? It wasn't that somber for the left and the Democrats. Mark Meadows said on television recently, that the leadership in the Democrat Party on the House side kept going around and telling its membership, don't smile, don't applaud, don't act happy. Well, if it's a somber moment, ladies and gentlemen, a somber moment like a funeral, you don't have to tell people don't smile, don't applaud, don't act happy. The Democrat Party is only happy when they're burning things down, like the Declaration of Independence, the Constitution, Separation of powers, the Electoral College, our immigration laws, our military. I'll be right back. From the Westwood One Podcast Network. He's here. He's here. Now broadcasting from the underground command post. Deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. Let us go to... Adam Schiff. I know this is hard. It's like waterboard. You want to hear one of the biggest lies from one of the biggest liars on Capitol Hill? This, this, is, this takes the cake, as they say. Cut four, Mr. Producer. Go. We take no joy in having to move down this road and proceed with the impeachment inquiry. But neither do we shrink from it. The resolution uh, from the... Such, a, such the- a brave and solemn man. Adam Schiff. Oh, yes. So he's he's fantastic. Go ahead. Committee sets out important procedures for how we may conduct our open hearings Uh, during the depositions that we've conducted thus far. We've used a format that we believe very conducive to the fact finding process. Yes, of course you did. You and Stalin. Use the same fact finding process. I wonder if they had pliers back there in the uh, skiff, Mr. Producer. Understand they're good for uh, teeth and uh, fingernails. Then Eric Swalwell, sleazy little you-know-what, 
shows up everywhere. Very, very important this Eric Swalwell. He got 0% of the support in the Democrat primary, so they just keep putting him on TV. Cut five, go. Today was a solemn day. It's one that none of us, you know, really look forward to. Uh, but you're right. We did afford, uh, as we move to this public phase, uh, a process, a process for the president as well as uh, for Republicans. I What's the control- process for the president? I read the seven and a half page resolution. There is no process for the president. It's left wide open. There's no process for the president. So what the hell is he talking about? Go ahead. They spend uh, their time, but it is time for them to get serious about what is alleged. Uh, Of course, we have seen efforts uh, in the closed proceedings to out the whistleblower. We saw the stunt of storming uh, the secure uh, room, but the American people are going to expect a seriousness uh, to this. uh, Shut up, you idiot. You don't speak for the American people. Now, Joe Scarborough, if you want to know the pulse of the nation, don't watch Joe Scarborough. You'd learn more by staring at a wall. Cut seven, go. It is interesting today that as we move toward the vote, Mm. the overwhelming majority of Americans in poll after poll after poll support this impeachment inquiry. Wait a minute, wait a minute. They don't like it. Support this impeachment inquiry. They don't like it. Support this impeachment inquiry. Of course, Joe Scarborough doesn't explain the endless propaganda, one-sided story that's been told over and over again, including by that numbskull. The American people don't like this. And if they knew all the facts, they would hate it. Go ahead. And really, they agree with Nancy Pelosi and the Democrats. So we'll see what Republicans want to not only be on the wrong side of history here, but also want to be... Joe Scarborough can see into the future. This guy is unbelievable. For a guy with no talent, no substance, and a low IQ, this guy's unbelievable how he knows so much and how he can read the future. He's Gene Dixon. Go ahead. ...of the American people. And the more people that come forward and testify, it just becomes impossible to debunk what No, happened. it doesn't. It doesn't become impossible. There was somebody who testified today, according to leaks. Again, we don't have everything. Guy's name, Morrison, said he didn't think there was any problem. There wasn't anything illegal. And he listened in on the phone call, too. So what are we going to do? Everybody who listens in on the phone call going to testify and give their opinion? Whether they think... It was a good call or a bad call? And then we'll impeach the president? What kind of idiocy is this? Go ahead. Oh, it, it's, it's very questionable as to why they, the Republicans keep going here. It's Still just, ahead? It's Republicans aren't going to... anywhere, you idiots. It's the Democrats who keep dragging it. They just want the Republicans to roll over. These two buffoons have a personal peak against the president of the United States. Remember, they used to be his biggest cheerleader. They were a fanboying girl. Sock puppets. However you want to put it. And now they can't stand the president, you know, because of a personal peak. And for them, everything's about personal. Personal. Does Joe Scarborough not sound like some guy who... who has, I don't know, a head injury? I don't know, he just sounds... Well, yeah, you know, uh, yeah, 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 you know, Mr. Tough Guy from the Panhandle. Thank God he's been replaced ultimately with this guy, Matt Gates, who's terrific. 
And speaking of Matt Gates and Mo Brooks, two solid conservative Republicans, you've heard of both of them, I'm sure, they will be on Life, Liberty, and Levin this Sunday night at 10 p.m., 7 p.m. Pacific time. That'll be a great show. Go ahead. Blind loyalty. Blind loyalty. Idiot. Now there's a clown by the name of Phil Mattingly. He's a CNN congressional correspondent. What about these TV hearings? Are we going to see this stuff on TV? Cut eight, go. When will the formal televised hearings begin? It's still not set in stone yet. We expect in another couple of weeks. Look, next week, even though the House of Representatives is out of session, there are already closed depositions that are scheduled. There are also already big outstanding invitations. People like Ambassador John Bolton, who said he will not come in without a subpoena. He likely won't come in until uh, a lawsuit. That How about the whistleblower? Will the whistleblower come in? How about the whistleblower? Will we get Adam Schiff? Adam Schiff now is a fact witness. Adam Schiff, how about the two NSC staffers that used to work for Obama were holdovers in the Trump administration because they couldn't get people cleared as a result of security clearances? They tried, but they couldn't. Will they be witnesses too? What do you say, huh? What? What? Well, well, like, go ahead. An individual his lawyer is representing that has also been asked to come in uh, is adjudicated up to this point, but also people from the White House Counsel's Office and Deputy, Deputy Counsel from the National Security uh, Committee who has been, uh, National Security Counsel, who has been a key player who has popped up repeatedly over the course you of the You can't course. ask the president's lawyers to testify, you idiot. Does anybody remember any of Obama's lawyers ever testifying? They say they care about the Constitution. There is a thing called separation of powers, co-equal branches. The president has to be able to get legal advice without Adam Schiff getting involved. And the courts will uphold that. But the president, you know, the, uh, the lawyers are here. they got a deputy counsel. They're going to want to call on deputy counsel. Well, you can't. Well, they're going to want to do it anyway. And, you know, it's very, very important we get to the bottom of this. Bottom of what? We got the phone call. Well, it's more than the phone call, you see. It's a whole campaign. It's not just the phone. It's a whole campaign of quid pro quo, pro quo quid. We got all kinds of stuff going on here, folks. What are you talking about? Is Biden under investigation? No, but he wanted him to be under investigation. Did Ukraine get the money? Yeah, Ukraine got the money. But Ukraine got the money. Biden's not under investigation. But still, it's the act of trying to get Biden under investigation and the slow withholding of the money. Well, the president can withhold money from other governments. Any president can ask for another government to look into, yes, an American citizen. It's actually done. Are you folks aware that the Mueller investigation, as I pointed out several, several, several weeks ago, worked with 13 foreign governments in his investigation of the president and Manafort and the others? Last time I checked, those are American citizens. Yes, but that's different. Why? Well, because they're investigating Trump. We're talking about Biden. You're not allowed to investigate Biden. So you're not allowed to investigate by, and you're not allowed to know who the whistleblower is. Well, this is fascinating. You're not allowed to investigate by, and you're not allowed to know the whistleblower. And how dare you question the Lieutenant Colonel Vindman? Well, there you go. And I hope the Senate Republicans understand what the hell's going on here. We'll be right back. Mark Levin. Now, NSC official Tim Morrison, this from the Federalist, Sean Davis, who's done a hell of a job, 
Tim Morrison's former National Security Council official under Trump, under Bolton, told Representative Adam Schiff in testimony today, obviously this is leaked, that he was never concerned that Trump discussed anything illegal in his July 25 phone call with the Ukrainian president. Top National Security Council official who listened to Trump's July 25 phone call with Ukrainian President Zelensky testified to Congress today he didn't believe Trump had discussed anything illegal during the conversation. He said, I want to be clear, I was not concerned that anything illegal was discussed. Morrison testified Ukrainian officials were not even aware that certain military funding had been delayed by the Trump administration until late August, more than a month after Zelensky and Trump had their call, casting doubt on allegations that Trump somehow conveyed an illegal quid pro quo demand during the call. I have no reason to believe the Ukrainians had any knowledge of the military funding until August 28, 2019. That's the same day that Adam Schiff, the chief anti-Trump inquisitor in the U.S. House, disclosed funding had been held up. So they got it from the news. And uh, even though uh, Schiff claims that neither he nor his staff had spoke to anti-Trump whistleblower, he lied, of course. But this is very, very important, isn't it? So the Ukrainian president says... No pressure, no threats, no quid pro quo, and uh, didn't know about, didn't even know about uh, temporary military <laughs> aid being withheld. Now, ladies and gentlemen, that would normally close it right there, wouldn't it, Mr. Producer? He didn't, he didn't know uh, military aid had been temporarily withheld. So. How do you have a quid pro quo like that? You don't. It doesn't make any of the elements whatsoever. And the phone call shows that nothing was tied to military aid. The phone call itself. There was no, there was no tie. No tie between uh, military aid and uh, any investigations. None. So why do they keep saying that? So the, the target of the so-called uh, quid pro quo says nothing happened. The phone call shows nothing happened. Now they say you can't ask Ukraine to uh, assist in the uh, 2016, I'm writing as I do this, assist in the uh, 2016 uh, criminal investigation, right? In which Ukraine assisted uh, Hillary Clinton's campaign. Why can't you? Well, you just can't. Now, uh, then they say, and also you, you mentioned the Bidens. And you can't mention the Bidens. Because there you're interfering with a campaign. Um, Excuse me, the fact that you're running for office doesn't mean that you're immune. Just because you're running for office. There's a lot of issues. So there's nothing here. So they're taking testimony basically from people (laughs) who have a different opinion than the president. Right? Including former uh, Obama holdovers. 
who, who uh, disagree with the president on policy and his decisions. That's what they're doing. And uh, that, that's exactly what this guy, this lieutenant colonel did. And I want you to keep something else in mind that we talked about many, many weeks ago. How come, how come nobody with first-hand knowledge filed any complaint as a whistleblower, even this lieutenant colonel? He didn't do that. If that's the path that you're supposed to follow, none of them did. None of them did. So this entire thing is a sham. The process is a sham. Substance, process, the, uh, the entire thing, both, shams uh, to reach a, uh, a foreign, a, you know, a, a, a known result, if you will. That is, the, the outcome is known by the Democrats, right? Now, at the same time, I'm asking you, what is the House Intelligence Committee doing about our security? What are they doing? I don't know that they're doing anything. Terry, Broomall, Pennsylvania, the great WPHT. Go, please. Mark, thanks for, thanks for taking my call. I love this show. love this show. Thank you. I have a question. Um, the lieutenant colonel who testified. Now, if you were never in the military, you could look at that testimony and say, well, this is the U.S. Army telling me this. Was he cleared by his superiors to testify about this nonsense? I don't know. I don't know if they let him or not. But uh, my understanding is he went back to work today in the White House. Okay, and he, he comes under the UCMJ. Exactly. Which, okay, which I'm sure you're familiar with, and you could... I read it one time when I was in the military, and that was... Six I'm not that ago. familiar with it, I'm, that's for sure. There has to be an article. That's a classified phone call. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? I, I, listen, I just brought it up an hour ago, that uh, this is a classified phone call, and I'd love to know who discussed it with whom, wouldn't you? And were yes. they cleared by their superiors to testify? Well, they'd have to be cleared by the White House. The White House for executive privilege purposes. And by the way, whenever the White House says no, don't appear, uh, Schiff and his, uh, and his mob are writing that down as obstruction. Now you have three branches of government. Uh, the two political branches duke it out. And you can't accuse the president and his staff of obstruction when a committee of Congress is demanding people who are in his uh, inside circle of advisors. I mean, just because you have a hack Obama judge in Washington, D.C., ruling in the Mueller case that, uh, that that's enough for the Judiciary Committee to get information uh, underlying the Mueller report, like uh, 6E grand jury information and FBI raw notes. Uh, traditionally, that's not been the case, so much so that the, the D.C. Circuit stepped in. All three panel judges are Obama judges and said, all right, let's slow this down a little bit. Uh, and we need, a, uh, we need an explanation as to why we should allow this. And they may say fine, then it'll go to the full court, and then it may go to the Supreme Court. But in terms of precedent, uh, you don't just get this information because you're committing and you claim you're doing an impeachment inquiry. All right, sir, thank you very much. Let's continue. Patrick, Pleasanton, California, the great KSFO. Go. Mark. Yes, sir. 
Hey, Mark, I'm a huge fan of yours out here in uh, Pleasanton, California. Thank you. And, um, and I, w- I was unfor- unfortunately transferred out here. All right. Uh, I'm a for- former federal law enforcement agent, 30 years I served. Wow. Thank you. But in addition, I'm a graduate 1974 Cheltenham High, just like you. How do you like that? Did we know each other? Well, I, I, was, looking, I was looking at the year. You're a little older than I am. No, seventy-four, man. I, I, How old are you? Same year, dude. I'm sixty. You're the same year as me. Yeah, seventy-four. I graduate the same year as you. I played How basketball you... there. Gee, well, give your last it's name to my fine. producer. Your name's what? Yeah, yeah. Please do because what's if your you last get out here, I want to take you out for a drink. All right, don't hang up. Give your last name to my producer. We'll be right back. America's Constitutional Convention, The Mark Levin Show. Call in now, 877-381-3811. You know, Virginia is on the precipice of going blue if the people in Virginia and the rest of the country don't pay attention to what's taking place. There's a big off-year election, as we call it nationally, on Tuesday in the Commonwealth of Virginia. The uh, Senate is up, and the... uh, And the House of Delegates is up. And in the House of Delegates, there's a very thin Republican lead. Same with the Senate. And you know the reprobates that fill the three uh, statewide constitutional offices. Uh, Northam, Fairfax, and the other knucklehead, the Attorney General's name I can't remember. If the Democrats win the House and or the State Senate, it's going to turn into Maryland. I'm convinced Virginia is on gun control, on taxes, and all the rest. So this is a very important line to battle. And I've asked the majority leader of the Virginia Assembly to come on because this has effects not only in Virginia but throughout the country. Todd Gilbert, how are you, sir? I'm great, Mark. Uh, despite everything you just laid out, I'm great. Thank you very much. So what are the numbers in the Assembly right now? So we have a uh, 51-49 majority in the House and a 21-19 majority in the Senate. It couldn't literally get any closer. Um, In fact, control of the House chamber was decided in 2017 by a drawing because uh, there was an 11,608 vote apiece tie, which is no way to to get into the majority or keep your majority, I'm here to tell you. But um, we we are that close. to, to losing literally everything we care about in the world here. So on an off-year election, turnout is, is, is everything, because people may not even be aware of the election or may not be paying attention to it, correct? Correct. In fact, we, we in Virginia love to have an election every year, so this is actually what we sort of refer to as the off-off year. It's the, the year where there's no statewide elections, no presidential, no congressional. It's just the state assembly and local races and usually that that benefits republicans because we um we, we we just have greater voter enthusiasm in that off year but this year the political left has decided that they're just going to focus fire on virginia and are are coming in with you know all their billionaires on the left george soros uh bloomberg tom steyer the environmentalist in in california they're all coming with their money uh trying to to buy virginia now, they're pouring millions and millions of dollars. I see the TV ads, being a Virginian and all. And they're going into all these races, including the Commonwealth attorneys in the various uh, counties and so forth. Why are they doing that? Well, that's a, that's a Soros play. George Soros decided some time ago that he was going to 
um, weaken our criminal justice system in the United States. And he, uh, his primary tactic was to uh, take take out law and order Democrat district attorneys and Commonwealth attorneys across the country in metropolitan areas. And he's been very successful at doing that by primarying them with with um, uh, soft on crime, you know, social justice warriors, basically. And uh, he has he, he was able to do that in two of our largest counties this year, Fairfax County, uh, and up in Arlington, and and he's playing, I think, in uh, Loudoun County as well. Now, as for the uh, the the House of Delegates in Virginia, um, very very close. So, I assume you have concerns statewide, but especially again in Northern Virginia, correct? Yes, sir. I mean, Northern Virginia is. Um, suburbia basically is is the real battleground. That's that's where we lost several seats in 2017, and that's really where the battle is again this year. Northern Virginia, the Richmond suburbs, uh, Hampton Roads, Virginia Beach area, um, and and they've turned this all into a referendum on President Trump on the on the other side. That's that's their primary focus is 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 trying to make these state elections about the president. And frankly, that is all they're doing to the president in Washington is really helping energize our base, uh, luckily, uh, that we were seeing a lot of enthusiasm on our side uh, from these never-ending attacks on President Trump. And so we hope in a low turnout year that that actually uh, works in our favor. When do the polls open on Tuesday on Election Day? And when do they close? 6 a.m. They close at 7 p.m. Uh, voters in Virginia, uh, if, you're, if your listeners are in Virginia or if they have friends or family in Virginia, I think they can still vote absentee uh, this Saturday. Um, but certainly, you know, uh, this, the agenda that's at work here is as radical as I've ever seen it. I've been doing this for about 14 years, and the agenda they have ready to uh, visit upon the people of Virginia will just be a part of this fundamental change that they're trying to make all across the country. Uh, we are a, a, a bellwether for the president, I think, in this coming election, and we are uh, also an experiment for the left to see if they can move votes with money, if they can take these liberal uh, billionaires and, and use their money to change uh, the state and the country. And uh, this year, if I may, Mark, we, we've seen some of the most radical proposals we've ever seen. Some of them made national news. Um, uh, abortion up until the moment of birth. We had a, a, a Virginia delegate uh, admit that her bill uh, would permit that even while a woman is in labor. Um, the governor of Virginia has called a special session where he is proposing making felons uh, out of law-abiding gun owners for the, the firearms and magazines that they lawfully purchased. Uh, the Green New Deal has a version that they've proposed this past session in Virginia that would eliminate fossil fuel production and transmission in just a few years. Um, the entire national agenda of the left is playing out in a microcosm here in Virginia, and on Tuesday uh, we have an opportunity to stop it one more time. So really, Virginia is a firewall right now, hopefully for the rest of the country, correct? Absolutely. In fact, I think we may be, um, our House and Senate chambers may be only two of three chambers, if that's still even correct, that uh, in a state won by Hillary Clinton, where the legislative chamber is still controlled by Republicans. So if, if there was ever a firewall, we are it. And so the people of Virginia, conservatives, Republicans, and so forth, uh, liberals, I don't care what you do, but all the rest, Tuesday, 6 a.m. to 7 p.m., uh, you really got to make sure you vote. And if you turn out, you'll win. Isn't, is, that, is that simple? A- absolutely. Absolutely. And yeah, so these districts that ring Washington are becoming bluer and bluer and bluer. How do you explain that? 
Uh, I mean, if you look at those those areas, Mark, in both Maryland and Virginia, uh, they're not just becoming bluer. Those are some of the most affluent um, counties in the United States. I think eight, eight out of the top ten or seven out of the top ten most affluent counties in, and jurisdictions in the country are, are surrounding Washington, D.C., and I think all of your listeners can figure that one out. I mean, all of the largesse that pours out of Washington in the form of, of tax dollars and uh, government jobs, government contractors, all the people that depend on the federal government, its size, its scope, its, its money, our money, um, are, are uh, invested in big government, and they live in the Northern Virginia area. But, you know, it was that way eight years ago, ten years ago. And, and Virginia has changed very quickly. Do you agree? Yeah, it, no question. No question. And, and I think others would have to explain the, the population shifts and the, the demographic shifts. Um, but certainly all of, all of these um, attacks on President Trump, I think, uh, have escalated uh, the intensity on both sides, especially with swing voters, how they perceive media coverage of him. Um, the, the degree to, to which that is getting to them, um, you know, is troubling. And, and this, these, these narratives uh, that have played out and turned out to be false over and over again have really had an impact on swing voters in those areas. You know, a lot of people, I'm just going to be honest with you, Todd Gilbert, Virginia Majority Leader, don't know who their local delegate is and don't know who their state senator is. And I would say this, you got to know where your precinct is and you got to vote. Because in addition to everything else, your own quality of life and your own community, that's what you're voting on. This also sends a message to the Democrats in Washington, D.C. They're going to look at this, and if the Republicans have a good day on Tuesday in Virginia, they're going to say, uh-oh, maybe we shouldn't push so hard on impeachment. No question. They are, they are watching intently uh, what's going to happen here. And I, I, to your point, Mark, I don't think people realize... Um, you know, they, they focus on what's going on in Washington because that's what's on the news. Y- your life, their lives are, are most impacted by what goes on at the state and local level. And the laws that are going to change at the state level in Virginia if we lose our majorities in the House uh, will not, not make us look like Maryland, I contend. It will make us look like uh, crazy California in very short order. And uh, I'm doing everything I can to try to stop that. You know, Todd Gilbert, people come up to me all the time and say, we're losing our country, we're losing our country. What can I do? What can I do? Well, vote. Make sure your family votes. Make sure your friends vote, your colleagues vote. Remind them. If, if enough of us remind everybody about this coming Tuesday, call them on the phone, be your own precinct worker, and bring out three, four, five people, you'll win. And, and if you've got friends and family in Virginia and you're listening to this program, you know, please. Pick up the phone. Um, um, this is all hands on deck. We're, we're at that kind of moment in this country and in this commonwealth, and, and I just uh, we need that help. All right, folks, people in Virginia, people outside Virginia, if you have uh, family or friends living in Virginia, you need to give them a buzz or send them an email or a text and tell them, don't forget, Tuesday's a big day. Put it on your calendar. Put it on your uh, cell phone so you know to vote. Uh, Todd Gilbert, Virginia Majority Leader, I wish you all the best. I wish... Me and us all the best, too. Amen, sir. And thank you, Mark, for all you do for liberty as well. All right, Todd. God bless you, sir. Yes, sir. You, sir. You remember that lady, the delegate, he was just mentioning it to it, in the Virginia Assembly who put a bill in and was testifying? And she was asked if if her bill would would allow an after 
birth, abortion, my language, not hers. Remember that, Mr. Producer? And she said, yes. That's one of the new Democrat delegates that was elected in Virginia. And I would say to the people of Virginia and all over the country, you see what just happened today on the floor of the House of Representatives? Forty-some Democrats got elected, over 30 of them from Trump Republican districts, who said they would vote against Nancy Pelosi, most of them, for Speaker of the House. Most of them voted for Nancy Pelosi for Speaker of the House. Who said they wanted to be bipartisan and centrist. Just voted for the biggest sham in modern history, if not all history, with this impeachment fraud nonsense. Because in the end, they go back to form. In the end, they are leftists. They lied to you in Orange County, California. They lied to you in suburban areas in New Jersey and New York. They lied to you in Florida, parts of the South and Southwest. They lied to you in Oklahoma and others. They just had to vote for an impeachment inquiry, you see, because they have to put the law in the country ahead of politics. When they're putting politics and party ahead of everything else. Say that again, Mr. Producer. Oh, yes, yes. By all means, Hillsdale College. There are four purposes of education at Hillsdale College. Learning, character, faith, and freedom. For 175 years, Hillsdale has been committed to these four pillars of its mission. Other colleges started with good intentions, but many of them have lost their way. Hillsdale College maintains an unwavering commitment to learning, character, faith, and freedom. I've known Hillsdale President Dr. Larry Arn for many years. He's a dear friend. He's a great patriot. And he says, quote, learning is difficult and takes more than talent. It takes hard work, which requires character. Freedom is essential for learning, but it's fragile and constantly under threat. So its principles must be studied by all for the sake of its defense. At Hillsdale, faith and learning are integrated toward God because he's the first authority, unquote. Well, Hillsdale has a rigorous true liberal arts curriculum. All students learn the basics of the U.S. Constitution, whether they major in biology, business, economics, or any of a dozen of other areas of study. All students learn what it means to be good citizens, and why it's necessary to fight for freedom. Hillsdale College, pursuing truth and defending liberty since 1844. I want you to check out their website. It's very, very cool. It's very, very cool. You'll see what I mean when you look at a number of their videos. And you can do that by going to levinforhillsdale.com. L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. Levinforhillsdale.com. I'll be right back. Mark Levin. By the way, point of personal privilege, the state Senate candidate I support strongly, his name is Gary Higgins, H-I-G-G-I-N-S. So all you folks in Loudoun and maybe parts of Fairfax or wherever his district is, uh, I strongly support Gary Higgins. He's running against a leftist, absolute kook, who defended the, the uh, lieutenant governor. And the allegations of rape against him and opposed an independent investigation, a bipartisan investigation, did his opponent. So Gary Higgins is a good guy. Gary Higgins. 
You know, I want to talk to you about an organization that's doing something about the radical progressives dominating our nation's colleges. In only seven years, Charlie Kirk, superstar Kirk, and his team at Turning Point USA have created a conservative grassroots force, active on nearly 1,500 campuses with over 250,000 students, a quarter of a million students and growing. And they do it from the bottom up, not the top down, including training conferences for women, African-American, and Hispanic leaders. Their annual summit is the largest gathering of young conservatives in the country, with over 5,000 student leaders in attendance. Turning Point USA is training up our own army of campus fighters. And they need your support to keep up this work. I mean, we're up against Soros and Steyer and all the rest of these people. Please go to markforturningpoint.com. Markforturningpoint.com. I love them because they play offense. They play to win. Please go to markforturningpoint.com and help them take the fight to the campus radicals. And by the way, you'll be able to see the ways in which you can help. There are others who've already committed to double, double your efforts, double your support. So please go to markforturningpoint.com right now. That's markforturningpoint.com. Don't forget, in about a half hour, 9.30 p.m. Eastern, 6.30 p.m. Pacific, I will be on Hannity on the Fox News Channel. I hope you'll be there. Uh, And uh, what I do is I race from the radio bunker to the TV bunker. So again, I hope you will join us. I very much look forward to it. Dave, Horace, North Dakota, the great WZFG, go. Hello, Mark. I'm, I'm a book purchaser. Your books, your dad's, Levin TV subscriber. Obviously, I have a lot of re- rely upon you for a lot of my information. And I want to know why mm-hmm. do you have such complete faith in the transcript? Is it because of the process to release it, or is it because of Trump? No, no, no. It's because that was the consensus position of all the people monitoring. Do you know how that transcript comes about? No. They have a a number of monitors who take notes of the conversation that's taking place. And the reason they have a number of monitors is so they try to get it right. It's not recorded. And this is how it works. And they have different individuals with, with clearances from different agencies and so forth. And they sit in the situation room, typically, uh, and they monitor it. And they take notes, they compare their notes, they come up with a consensus uh, transcript, and that's how it works. So if you have one guy that says, well, I wanted to include a few more words, and another guy says, 